Hello, Bondapart listeners, it's Rebecca. Would you like to see a little film I made about emerald spectacles or read why Beatrice would like to find some bally snakeskin shoes? Maybe you're interested in hearing us talk about things we've seen or thought or heard, like our discussion of a recent event about early 20th century Parisian jewellery. Or perhaps you'd just like to ask us a whole bunch of questions about fashion. The way to access more brilliant Bondapart content and find out the answers to all of the above is to subscribe to support our podcast on Patreon. Help us to fund the creation of our weekly episodes and benefit from a whole range of exciting extras. So listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and please go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm sitting here with a pair of golden shoes next to me. Oh. They're not my shoes. They're not um, yours. Well, they're sort of my shoes, but they're not for wear. Even though they are actually quite big, I could probably get into them. Um, (laughs) I... It's there for teaching because, you know, obviously we can't go anywhere and look at stuff. So um, oh. they, they're they supposed to be into war and I think they probably are. So, yeah, they're sort of one of a few objects I want to want students to look at. And they're very How pretty. exciting. Where yeah. did you get them? I got them from Etsy in the end. Um, wow. And I spent many, many happy hours looking at stuff. <laughs> that's when I send you the circus costume that I Oh came my God, across. that circus costume yeah, is amazing. That particular seller, she's got really, really, she's got a lot of circus related or wow. you know, performance related stuff from even 19th century and then early 20s. I really, really love her stuff. Yes. Um, and these were sort of partly because they fit the theme but also they mm. were affordable there were mm. there were some other really really beautiful sort of 20s and 30s shoes but yeah they go for for quite high prices which which is fine you know they should they you know um, yes. I was amazed what you I was amazed what you can get because I'm not you know I'm not a collector myself I don't normally no. you know I do look at auction stuff that comes up at auction but more for for work in a way I'm so yeah but it was actually really fun looking looking it must be no I'm not a collector as you know so I don't I like I see things on Instagram I follow lots of people who who have amazing collections or vintage sellers who have amazing things but no Mm. I don't have the desire to own but these gold shoes sound rather lovely yes they're very nice and they're this company that I can never pronounce the name of. Dolces? Dolces. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really pleased with them. That's very good. Yeah. What about you? Well, I haven't got any gold shoes. Okay. But. That's okay. It was very lovely yesterday because Elisa, my really super fantastic former MA student who is now curator at the Moda Museum in Antwerp, did a guest star appearance in my seminar for my MA students. So it was just really nice. It was just so much fun. I'm sure it was very nice for the students to have 
someone other than me appear on the screen and especially that it was Elisa and she was so lovely she was I mean you've met her she's Mm, so so knowledgeable and Mm. kind and generous Mm. it was really fascinating because she was talking about you know things she's working on at the moment but I think it was really great to hear about her experience of putting together exhibitions and and how collaborative it is. I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell you this, you know. But it, I think it was really good. You know, she talked a lot about getting the initial idea and then how you develop it from that and how she always does sort of the, the ideal exhibition on the wall. Like, she puts it all in themes and does it all on the wall and then edits it down. Oh, that's really from interesting. There. Mm. Yeah, that's no, really it's really nice, nice to hear, yeah. It's really nice because she's actually doing one of these imaginary exhibitions for our fashion interpretations mm. so she's done an on the wall exhibition and then how that translates into the kind of nitty-gritty of excel spreadsheets with what you can actually yeah. get your hands on for each of the themes mm. um and she talks a lot about working with the exhibition designers mm. and it was really interesting hearing her talk about how she's sort of in charge of making sto- sure the story is told properly and how, you know, therefore they might want to emphasise one outfit, but she will say no, because that's a footnote, that's not the main story in that section. So we need to, you need to design it this way so that that outfit is foregrounded as the main point of what is being said at that moment in the exhibition, which was really interesting. And yeah, it was just really good. And I think it was really good because she was talking about you know, the students were asking her lots of questions about, you know, transitioning from college to work. And so she was talking about how she worked, you know, she worked at AF Van der Voorst and she worked at Raf Simmons and how that wasn't her main focus, she knew, but how you can kind of learn things, mm. even if it's not your main focus, yeah. you can still learn a lot. And it was just so, it was so good. I mean, she's so lovely. It yeah. was fascinating. It it's really, really useful. It must be so useful to speak to someone who who has done the course and then has done, you know, has found a job and. Yeah. yeah. No. I. I mean, the, obviously, the the alumni service at the Courtauld does these kind of events, but it was special that they just had her to themselves, mm. and and so it was very focused on them, and it was great. And as I say, it was a really great hearing about the whole process of making a music uh, making making music making an exhibition mm. and that kind of balance between your kind of dream in your head ideal and then the reality of practical things like she said that in an upcoming exhibition they want to have kind of a group of mannequins and then the conservators said but that's going to be too close mm. to visitors so having to put the more fragile outfit in the middle with mm. less fragile around it. I mean, again, I know you know this, but it's, I don't, it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, it's partly also why I, you know, I never want to, never really want to criticise an exhibition because, mm. you know, I've been to exhibitions with others and they said, oh, why don't they have such and such? And I thought, well, they probably tried to have such and such, but exactly. they couldn't no, that's get what it. She was saying. Mm. That's what she was saying. It's like, it's so easy to go in and think, but the obvious one is this. But probably the obvious one is completely impossible to get. Or she was saying about um, some Shalayan things that she'd wanted, but a Luxembourg museum has sort of pipped her to the post with those. And yeah, it's so it's so fascinating, and it's so fascinating as 
as a kind of very fluid thing that then seems so fixed once it is in the museum. Yeah, that's true. And I, what I found sometimes with, I mean, I haven't worked on that many exhibitions, but what I found sometimes is you, sometimes you should have a reset and you never get that. You know, you have, you started right. with, with, you started with one idea and then so mm. many things can't happen for one reason or another. And then what often then doesn't happen is, does this original idea even still work? You know, do we have to maybe right. take a different tack and, and that I sometimes find sort of problematic. You know, you you just you just so in the middle of um, firefighting and you know trying to get all the problems sorted. That and sometimes I think yeah, it'd be nice to be able to step back and say, is this actually really holding together? Still, yes. and maybe other people. You know, hopefully other people will do that. But I've worked on projects where there somehow it just even wasn't time to do that. Yeah, mm. and I suppose also you're kind of by that point you've potentially got funding for yeah. people mm. on one idea of what it is mm. and now exactly, yeah. yeah yeah no it's it's really interesting and I and it's so interesting always I love hearing about how things are designed in relation mm. to what you've got and like balancing between a designer's potentially high concept ideas and what you need the show to say yeah mm, that sounds yeah. really nice it was really really nice now I feel like I need to consider some more guest stars because it was really good fun and it was nice because it was the first one of you know we do thematic and then we do 1920s oh, yes. mm, mm. so it was nice also that we kind of did here's the 1920s and this is the kind of thing we're going to look at and then we kind of thought about being a dress historian mm. in a bigger way beyond our focus so that was that was really good it was really really nice mm. so I enjoyed that I've been watching that film that you recommended. Well, I was just going to say, did you see it? Oh, it's so nice. I keep watching it? it again and again. It's so good. Um, it's... <laughs> yeah, how did you find it? I can't even remember. I I think just from my continuous search of the internet for any <laughs> imagery or films mm. that are interesting in relation to fashion. And I know wonderful Alison Maloney, who's at the... British Council so I think it's like she trig it's like seeing her like a few years ago triggered in me have I ever looked to see what the British Council has mm. on this website? but yeah because they have quite a lot of their films on there and their other ones there are other ones to do with textiles oh I must have a but, look I only watched I kept keep watching yeah. this again and again mm. and again well I mean it's worth watching that again mm. and again but there are other ones as well that are worth watching mm. and I think it's fascinating I like that it's called border weave because that's just there's just something pleasing about saying that, but also that it's made in 1941. It's essentially a propaganda film, mm. but it's really fascinating the way textiles are used to imply sort of national identity, but also the sort of empire's identity yes. mm. as it's crumbling. Yes. And also it's it's such a it's like it's so practical but fantastical at the same time. Tell mm. me what you thought. Well I thought I just thought it was so incredibly well done. Yes. Um, you know, if you it is a documentary but it's done like a feature film, unsurprisingly in a way when you look at the people involved. And I I was a bit puzzled. But I think for a while I didn't. I, I got it wrong when it was made. I was a bit puzzled how much there is at the beginning about, 
you know, where the sheep had all been sent and then that yes. the, the, the sheep come back, the poor sheep in the form of food and wool. And, and I thought it was such an amazing idea to have this woman, um, older woman sitting there embroidering. Yes. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? A... Because, I mean, the idea of Scotland and Scottishness is very, very stereotyped, mm. it has to be said. But yeah, it's so amazing that you're just seeing, well, it's the way you see the sweeping landscape, which is is in so many propaganda films, British mm. propaganda films, isn't it? That you have this idea of the eternal hills of the United Kingdom that will stand forever. So there's this idea of timelessness, and yes, this is the sort of elderly shepherd and his sheep, and then the elderly woman sitting outside her cottage embroidering a map of the world, world yes, with trade routes of where yeah. all of this, the different components of the wool are going, and oh, wow. That yeah. was such an amazing idea, I thought. And also you see border weave, and then the first thing is a border collie, and yes, it just sort true. of comes up again it's sort of it, everything reinforces things all the time mm-hmm. i mean the the she um what happens to the wool is just mind-boggling i still don't understand isn't it isn't it and i've watched and it, it quite a it, few it, times now but it i love the way it shows you every little bit of the process of sorting the wool and what is it six different types of wool come from one sheep or something I miss that. How can yeah, I? Yeah, it's that? like I don't, it's like six or eight. Mm. It's like depending on which bit of the oh, yeah, that's body true. it comes mm, from. That's true, it's yeah. different qualities, qualities of wool. That's true, yeah. And then and then the way they're like pulling all the wool apart to distinguish between these different qualities of wool and then yeah, you see every different stage. There were things that I totally su- surprised me, like that they make up a colour out of yes. this you know, wool dyed in slightly different colours. That they don't just dye the entire wool in one colour, but they use... I thought that was really interesting. Then they that use, really was. Yeah, I, re, I, did, I, had no, I had no idea. No, I mean, I suppose it's because this was really good quality wool that was being woven. I really like it when they go... I mean, it, it's quite amazing that you don't actually have... You see so many people working on the different aspects of it but nobody's identified by name none of them no. get to speak it's all the narrator you know the voice of god is mm. telling you all of it but yeah that's so fascinating when they have like the tufts of the wool or like pre-wool i suppose it is in yeah where they've got that amazing violet and then they've got other shades to get it to the violet they ultimately they want. Mm. want and the way she's got her lovely book of all the different shades yes to work out which ones she needs and how they'll be woven together is amazing and like you say yeah she's she's called a girl yes and the I women think, are all girls i think the other person that's mentioned is the um warper yes but not by name like you say but that's probably it i think yeah yeah I was also amazed. I've, I'm, I'm quite sure, and I haven't sort of dug into my images yet. But I'm quite sure I've, I've got a drawing of women doing the spinning at exactly the same kind of big contraption with the wheels, oh, you know, really? from 1840s. Oh um, wow! Please send it to me because that's the weird thing with textiles is you imagine fashion is all so whizzy and high tech, but it's not. Mm. It, you know, so many aspects of it are so long standing. Yeah. And it, yeah, no, it's fascinating. And there's so many processes. And 
I like the way the men in it are wearing more workwear, but the women are mainly wearing dresses. Like one of the women has a sort of like one of those like lab coat style overalls, and I think a couple of them maybe have aprons. But the men seem more in workwear. I think. Do you think? I don't know. I I've maybe actually just, just normal clothes. Just got it running again. <laughs> Looking at it again. Yeah, that's what it, it's like now. But the the men, quite a few of the men, seem to wear lab coats more more the oh, sort of true, you yes. know cotton lab coats. Whereas yes. I think quite a few of the women wear what I think they might have called overalls then, but which are sort of flowery overdresses yes. uh, by the looks of yeah. it but the main one of the people that she looks a bit like a, the queen and um <laughs> is the ma- seems for me is she's the main person she wears a very nice sort of blue dress i don't think she wears yes an i feel she's in charge yeah but i also feel i wonder how you know i wonder whether that is what she wears every day yes um, that's true they may have all put their best outfits on yeah i felt quite a few of the the men seem to have very fresh haircuts i noticed that's true but maybe does i think you i think there were times when you went to the barber every week sort of thing yeah so maybe that's one of those times what i also loved is the the touching that's going on it's so much about that and and you did you spot that it's jack cardiff who did the photography oh my god who also did the Paul and pressburg who did the red shoes and here he is doing this this 14 minute propaganda Mm. film so the colors are incredible and yes it's so much about touch isn't it you see the the different fabrics so close up that you can feel the the sort of nubbiness of the wool in some of them and you can feel as you know i'm allergic to it so i just think of wool as scratchy and it's like i could almost feel the scratchiness <laughs> yeah and also people there's one point when someone i think it's bef- might be before the wool is no maybe after the wool is washed anyway someone what I find quite interesting, there's a lot of times when the wool is just ends up on the floor and then someone yes. has to actually pick up a big, you know, just with their arms, a big, yeah. you know, a lot of wool and put it somewhere else. And this man has sort of basically his face and his whole body in the wool. And yeah. um, also at the end, I love that when they, I didn't understand how that works when they were looking for floors. I was just going to ask you about that because it's so amazing and it's obviously so specialist. Mm. where I think it's the women, isn't it? Yes. Have each Have each got a piece of this woven cloth and, the, and they seem to be picking at it with a needle. Yes. But and I then, don't know what they're doing. I know. And at one point it looks like someone is threading a needle or is actually doing a bit yes. of sewing. And I thought, what do they do? They must do some sort of invisible mending. Yes. Yeah. No, that... I, I don't know. And I loved um, going back now when they're, they're setting up the loom and you see the different colours the different components to make this mm. this check wool, which is so fascinating. And then you see it on the woman at the end. I thought that That's was so clever. Amazing. Yeah. And, and they did it. Yes, it's so clever because it's the way it's just like, and then it goes to Edinburgh and the fashionable streets. Of, is it Prince's Street? Prince is it Street, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and yes, yeah, she just crosses the road in the suit. Yeah. And it's a lovely classic British sportswear. Yeah tweed isn't it where Mm. i love those skirts that they have that are narrow but then they have the kick pleat at the back it's Mm. so chic and the little jacket and it's yeah it's so subtle the way it's done it's so kind of witty that you're just you're talking about something else but there she is showing you the final 
product. It's so much. It's so much more imaginative than having her, you know, in the showroom just exactly. doing a little twirl for us. Mm. It's like she's out living in the world in her amazing but, Scottish wool. Yeah, and how? But how? You know, she's not really that big in the frame and how you no. how they've done it that you you know no one else seems to wear something you know something like her like patterned like that um and I guess maybe that was deliberate and they made sure who was behind her looked very different yes. but it how you focus on her I think that's really interesting without her no, it being is. it's very very clever it's really you could almost miss her but somehow you don't Mm. it's because it's so subtle the way it's done now it's really really good mm. and then we get back go back to the lady who's finishing her her embroidery yes. of trade routes because yeah. i was thinking you know 1941 enormous textile shortages so were these places still actually working i guess maybe just about you know maybe trade routes export. were pretty much Im impossible weren't they by that point in the war Maybe not yet at that point. That's terrible. I should I know more about later. it. Yeah. And I did wonder maybe is for export. But I yeah, that is that is true. And also we don't know when in forty one it came out. I that's guess that's true, that's so true. It, it may have, have been, been made it may have been made in nineteen forty. Yeah, because it looks like it's sort of over the summer or or true. or autumn or, or something. Mm. So, yeah, maybe when it was made. Because I think it was made to counter German propaganda that sort of Britain was on its knees and not functioning. So that's why it's emphasizing British production. And it's that thing that you see in so many British propaganda films of the war that it's balancing between tradition and modernity, modernity. and technology. Mm. That, that Britain is both of those things. Yeah. And and interesting, yes, where you see like the waves that sort of travel across the sea. And as I say, when when you see her finishing her embroidery of all these little lines connecting countries, I was thinking, wow, that at some point they couldn't do any of that trade or very little of it because of, you know, minesweepers and bombings mm. and goodness knows what else going on across the world. So it's it's interesting, I think, from this distance because it's such a relic of a different idea of the globe and of relationships yeah, between countries. That's true. And how in the in the on the map, you know, the I think all the British parts are red and yeah, and all the trade routes just go between the different British parts of the British Empire actually, I think, and not to anything else, if I remember yes, correctly. That's so true. that's that's quite interesting as well. Yeah, and, and also the way because it's the empire, everything becomes part of Brit and British production. Yes. Mm. And yeah, and very much this idea to, yeah, as they keep saying at the beginning, how everything has been shipped out to somewhere else, but presumably still retaining its Britishness. You know, the ship will yes. still be a British sheep, um, even yes. though it might be in Australia. Um, yes, yeah. Now that, that sense of sort of paternalism is there, in a number of different ways, mm. even in the way of calling the women girls. Yes. Mm. And I think it's funny just on that note, you know when there's like about three women waiting for the men to finish some process oh, yeah. before they come back in and they're having a little Cup break. And tea, I yeah. love the way the two older women have cups of tea, yes. but the younger one, who still looks to be about 30, has a bottle of milk. Yes. It just seems so funny. I also, some, some things I found interesting, 
yeah, I mean, uh, the whole thing is interesting. But uh, I also always marvel at the chemist, how it looks almost medieval, how he... How he puts yes, the, that's true. How he puts the dye together, and that man who has to move the the wool around in that boiling in in this in massive tub of boiling water. Yes. I don't know how he can do that. How he can survive? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's really interesting, and it also seems it's interesting because they're obviously making a large quantity of that cloth, but on a but on a small scale. If you see what I mean, like yes. it doesn't seem like a very big place in mm. which all of these things are being made and it's clearly True, yeah. made to order mm. that a customer requests a particular thing and then they make it up mm. and i was wondering because there's very few british textile places still in still functioning aren't there i think there's like a few in the north of england maybe i don't know how many there are in scotland i think in scotland there's still quite a few when we right. had our sherlock holmes exhibition we had actually a museum of london tartan really made. that's funny yeah in scotland so and some people went there to um i wasn't involved in it but to to have a film done um, wow that must have been fun. yeah so no i think there are and i think there's now a place in hackney that weaves wool i think sort of people really? yeah i think people take over old you know factories and the equipment yeah. and start start it again because like you say, it's a still similar kind of... You can only mechanise it, mechanize it to a point. Yes. Um, I also wow. had a little bit of a look at the um, director. I thought I'd try and find out. Yes. Um, and it's it's interesting. So he had, he had a company in Chelsea called Industrial Films. Oh, uh, making mm. industrial films. It was called British Industrial Films. So he seems oh, wow. to have done quite a lot during the war. Um, there's a sort of article about him after the war. And then he, in 848, he makes the Labour Party's first film. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, which I'd love to see. It's called Their, yes. Their Great Adventure. And it says here, <laughs> because it is frankly political, the film will not be shown in commercial cinemas, but at halls throughout the country. So frankly, yeah, frankly political. political, and it's about wow, a young we need couple. To see it. Yeah, and apparently the girl's parents, well-to-do, object to her marrying a working boy because he has no perspective. But oh then the boy's MP comes down to speak for him and shows that every lad has prospects in socialist Britain. Oh my God, we have to see it. What did you say it's called? It's called Their Great Adventure and it's by John Courtois and someone called George Wynne, who I then also later on, I've forgotten now what films he made, but really well-known films. Um, oh my goodness. And we then, have to see this. Yeah, I, I haven't tried finding it yet. I hope it's somewhere in the in, an, in a Labour Party archive. Yeah. And then, and the TUC gave money for it as well. So maybe they have it in the archive. And then um, he decides to become an MP. So he, be, he he stands in the city in Westminster, but I don't think he's successful. And then he stands in, I don't know if you say that, Grantham? Grantham? Grantham. Out, yeah, Grantham in the 50s. But then just before the uh, election, he gets very ill and he has to withdraw and then a few years later he, he dies i think he's not actually that old um, oh in the goodness. 50s so yeah it's really yeah i thought it was really interesting particularly this yeah this this the, their great adventure so yeah. interesting and and i think the 
the person who does the narratives, he worked for the BBC as well in the radio. Yes. And is apparently was a poet himself. So wow. it's Well, it's really like the Humphrey Jennings ones as well that too. are so beautifully done. Yeah. They're so interesting. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well... Well, I think we have to go and try and find these other films yes. as well now. Okay, let's yeah, try and you and need do to that. stare at your gold shoes a bit more. Yeah, I will. I will spend my day doing that. I will watch <laughs> a bit of the film, stare at my shoes, and try and find the other films. That seems like a good day a ahead. Good, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll see you soon. Yeah, Bye. see you soon. Bye. Bye.